Welcome to the Ruby Moments Podcast, where this episode we watch some kids get their shit beaten, and that's kind of it. I mean, that's pretty much the basis, yeah. But yeah, hello, welcome back to the Ruby Moments Podcast. Uh, like we did last time with the, uh, by the way, I am Pink Rose, I'm going to be the host for uh, this one today. And uh, we are going to be talking about uh, Ruby Episode 4, aka known as Fault, if I'm correct? Yep. Yeah. Yep, thank you very much, Vanta. Uh, as you see, uh, all the other people who are in this uh, podcast for today, obviously Velvet is not going to be here today as uh, he is just going to be recording. Uh, so uh, we're just going to go through uh, some points. We'll see if any of our uh, ones overlap. And if anybody wants to chime in on other certain points, just give a yell. But don't actually yell, please. I don't want my ears to bleed. You want me to yell? <laughs> no, thank you. Um, so I think... So I think we might as well we might as well get the the big meat and potatoes out of the way. The big giant chase scene that happens with Ren Yang, uh, Ren Yang and Jean chasing after the hound who is carrying an unconscious uh, Oscar. Now this now this whole entire chase I think is pretty much most of the portion of the entire episode. I think it's at least half of the episode, like in terms of length. But it is an entire chase that is just down a giant chasm where it's just the three kids chasing down one giant thing. Then a giant thing brings a few small things, and then shit just hit the fan. Uh, in, but in, my words, pl- in other words, things happen. Things, things a lot happen. of things happen. But I will say it was a very great thing because this was a very great, first of all, great episode overall. But this chase scene, I think, is definitely what most people would be talking about because the action is really nice and fluid. You can see everything and everyone like there. You can like it's understandable to see what's happening. There's no shaky cameras. The hound is just as you know threatening as it was before. Considering we've learned that it can call upon other um, other grim, which is nice to know to know that it's even more powerful than before. Mm. But it is just to me. A really great chasing. I think one of the better chasings that we've seen in uh, Ruby. I mean, or, or at least a scene, an action scene where everything's constantly moving in one direction, like the chase, like the train scene, that kind, like that kind of deal. But this was really, really well done. Uh, the action was pretty good. The fact that the bikes kept crashing. You know, you had Ren hanging on um, to the grim, to the um, to the hound via his stormflower, where the um, the string part actually worked for once, kind of, before he got hit across every single rock available. Can, can I ask, though, like, in all actuality of, like, thinking on the entire scene, what was his plan going up there? I'm guessing <laughs> all... try... My, my, my immediate thought was, oh, he's going to try and find a perch to maybe stop it in midair, or maybe pull it down, but I guess he didn't realize how strong it was, or he was just stupid to think. Oh, like, this literally is... the entire, the entire, the entire plan is Jean launch me, grabs onto the leg, become ping pong paddle ball. That, <laughs> that was the entire point to that entire chase scene. Is just Ren became one of those balls on the string for one of them paddle balls. Yeah. That's, what was I his guess. plan? I, I mean, I, I, I really guess... want to know. I guess you could say, like, in theory that, you know, he was driving by emotions because obviously everything that's happened with Nora, the whole, you know, 
him his semblance you know calming everyone down but he's taking in all that negativity because obviously of what his semblance is you know with um you could say like in theory he's just going off of pure emotions pure instinct and he's not really thinking straight i mean at this point ren is not you know in the best of shape in terms very of mental. Fair. Very, very fair i suppose but that's that's, that's like, my take on it though I'm, i mean like even after the chase scene ends and they go off the cliff and Ren comes back, the, the one thing I disliked about this episode was just the fact that he's like, oh, if, if, you, were, if you guys had not fucking like, relied on me, I would have been able to save Oscar. I'm like, what? You were being dragged into the sky. There was literally no thing you could do there. You would just get sent even further away from them and you would have probably died to hypothermia. I think that just goes more into how Ren has been acting, not just this, uh, like, you know, ever since um, the that party uh, where Tyrion killed a bunch of people, you know, the innocent people, making it look like Penny, blah, blah, blah. Like, we've yeah. seen that sort of of, um, of Ren where he's being a bit more, you know, emotional and he's not really thinking with his head. He's just going in blind and hoping for the best kind of thing. So maybe like that, in a sense... Um, he's just still going off of that whole thing of I'm masking your emotions, but my emotions are, you know, all over the place. I just like to mention we did see a bit of like that kind of thing. There was a slight bit of it before the party. It was a small. Yeah, my it was very. Yeah, but I, think, I think the um, I think the party though is where it really enunciated. Like, by the way, this is how Ren is feeling at the moment. But that's volume seven, and we kind of already did that. Yeah. So let's continue volume yeah, eight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, overall, I think the chasing was really, really excellent. Uh, but Borvac, do you have another point for another part of the episode that you want to talk about? Um, you know, that's not the chasing. That's not the chasing. Um, I'm going to I want to mention a little bit of Jean this episode. I want to mention a lot about Jean. Okay. And... That is, uh, I want to touch on the, I just want to touch on the chase scene. Why the fuck didn't he swing the sword at all during the chase scene? Didn't he, like, attempt, didn't he, like, attempt to, but he was, because, I, wasn't he more because he couldn't balance at all on that thing? <laughs> and he just, Bad boys. Like, okay, moving, at, moving at high speeds. No, because even even not at high speeds, dude doesn't know how to balance on that thing, apparently. <laughs> He's so bad at it. Oh, it was just that was like one thing that irked me the entire time is like Jean Sidney like kicking the bugs as he's driving by and I'm just like just use your sword. Just li like you don't even have to let go of the handle. You could just literally have your sword hanging off the fucking handlebars and you'd just be cutting off the heads. I mean I thought he used his uh sword on at least one of the um sentinels that popped up. I Yeah, as it was being driven by Yeah, I think he mm. did. That was that was the whole reason is because when he was driving by himself, the reason is he was lagging behind specifically only to use his shield and not actually swing the sword. So it it didn't really do anything. What he could have done is he could have literally had his sword in one hand, had it on the uh, handlebars, and just driven at high speeds, and then that sword would just cut through any grim that came in contact with it. Damn, that's a good idea. That that will be a good idea. That that was that was the thing that I wanted to say about the chase scene. Uh, besides Jean 
being the beautiful man that he is, saving both him and Yang's life, because Yang doesn't know how to pay attention to the road. Um, you know, it doesn't exactly the, the, have anything doesn't have anything sharp to stab into the ground. Exactly. But um, the whole thing that I want to bring up is the scene when they're walking through the snow. I want to yeah. mention the one thing that Ren had said, and that is bringing up the fact that Jean cheated his way into Beacon. That hit me like a truck, because that is, that is launching us all the way back into Volume 1, Volume 2 characters. Yeah, and at that point, all we knew is that only Jean, Cardin, and Pierrot knew. We only... Well, the thing was, we knew Jean, Pierrot, and Cardin knew. I was assuming that most likely, Ren and Nora would have known because they're teammates. So I had that inkling for a long period of time. But to say that the, the one thing that I'm kind of disappointed with is the fact that there was no other reaction to it. There was, there was like no like, what do you, what does he mean? Like you cheated your way into Beacon kind of ordeal. But uh, I don't know. I, I, it was just it hit me like a truck, and I wish it actually led to something more. You know, they there is a chance because of how long the uh, the group has been together that this may have been mentioned, like. And that's why Yang wasn't that uh, surprised, but there could be a chance. I, I'm just the reason, the reason why I would say the only person of Team Ruby who should know would be Ruby is because they spent a good amount of time going through the entirety of Mistral together. That would make Yang, sense. Weiss, and Blake. Yang, Weiss, and Blake didn't have nearly enough time, and even more so, not enough time, considering the fact that they all ended up getting separated during the final Mistral arc, when they all got together. They all got really together in Volume that. 5, and then they all got separated in Volume 6. It could just be one of those things where, like, you know, it's one of those big, shocking news where you can't really do anything but just stay there silent, because, you know, it's it's that shock value that catches you off guard, and you're just like, uh, uh, like, you want to say something, but nothing's coming out. Like, you've got so many words in your head, but nothing's coming out of your mouth, because there is nothing to say. I mean, I think Jean's reaction was perfect, where it's like, yeah, I know I cheated my way to be but I've still got a job to do, because, you know, he's the professional one. Yeah, Jean, Jean's reaction to this was perfect, but the thing is that I had a problem with was Yang a lot through this episode, is because that should have been something surprising, because she's always the one who's, like, trying to do everything. Like, she's... She's the one who's like saying that like there's she's gonna be the one to go up and get ready and go and kind of stuff. That's and that's kind of her character. And out of, all the, and out of all the team Ruby, she was always the most vocal as well. Like she would never shy away from her opinion. Exactly. And then my point is, like, why would she shy away from this? Why wouldn't she have more of vis uh, uh what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, visceral. Why wouldn't she have more of a visceral reaction to it? Why wouldn't she be more vocal? Like, you actually cheated your way into Beacon? Like, why wasn't there something like that? Even afterwards, the thing is that she just accepted it and just said, like, you've been working hard, you've been training hard, and I understand, he has been training, but there still needs to be that kind of weight to it. It could just be one of those things where, you know, it's like, yeah, he cheated his way into Beacon, but is that more important than what's 
currently going on you know with uh with their job right now you know saving two kingdoms at the same time like what's more important to you talking about someone cheating into an academy that's already fallen or saving two or saving two kingdoms at the same time well the whole reason why ren was bringing this up is because they weren't ready for the situation and jean furthermore would be even less ready for the situation by his point of view, and that that made a lot of sense, and that really hit. And I loved how that was, I loved how that was like said. Neith did a really good job in this episode. He's been doing an amazing job. I would have to agree. And just Neith just acts. I would say he's shown top, so much emotion. Top voice actor of this. Top voice actor mm-hmm. of this of this volume by a long shot. I think Neith and Ren, like Ren, has just shone a lot within this volume. But obviously, we'll get more into that when uh, we go down the line. Uh, but let's move on to Vanta. See if he has any other points to talk about. Um, I have a couple. Um, first, I like the the uh, consistency with um some of the Aesops, especially uh, Harriet and between Harriet and Mara, like right at the beginning, uh, when they bring Jacques back, or not Jacques, uh, Watts. Yeah. Um, you know, we see the dynamic between, you know, there's underlying connections between Robin and Crow, with their semblances pushing people away. But we also see that between Mara and Harriet, they're like, there's the rift starting to form. Like, we see that Marrow's apprehensive about all of what's going on, and Harriet's just mad that Clover's dead. And she doesn't like the situation that they're in currently. With, you know, Penny having the maiden powers, and not being anywhere found, and, you know, this ragtag group of huntsmen that just got their license are now you know, out on the run and no one can find them. And yeah, because then they literally just got beat by them like not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't help either. Um, and, then you... I mean, oh, go ahead. what was it? Um, <laughs> my guess is, is that at this point in time, even if Harriet did do what Robin said, and open the cell and take took Robin's hand because of Robin's semblance to try and get the truth. She still wouldn't believe it. No, she just she, she probably yeah because Harriet was so was so bent on uh, doing what she believed Clover would have done. Like she would not have listened to anything. Yeah. Meryl was smart I, and was seen stopping it very quickly. No. I, I, I really I was really hoping that I was really hoping that Harriet would open that damn door and Robin would just suck her right in the mouth. I, I think, really um, wanted it to happen. Just and just bring up on the and just to bring up the previous episode as well, like you can see the two differences between Mario and Harriet where Harriet wants to go for the full thing, but Mario's happy just to take like small parts that, you know, make sure the mission is successful without anybody getting hurt or dying. Yeah. Like, Harriet Harry will happily kill someone if it's, you know, to make sure that everything is in order, but Marius is like, 
Let's just get the bare minimum and get out. I wish. <laughs> I'm kind of sad that Meryl just didn't call Harry crazy. <laughs> I'm a bit sad that wasn't. <laughs> I would have liked that. But Van to continue. Um, I also want to address the when Ruby, Weiss, Penny, Blake, and May all show up at the Schnee Manor. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was that was Weiss's plan of where to go. It, I mean, it's kind of questionable, but also it does make sense too. No one's there, basically. Like, after everything went down with Jacques, it's, like, almost one of the perfect places, because there's not a lot of people going in or out. Yeah. You're hiding in plain sight at that point. Also, um, if someone did come there, it's so big. They have so many hiding places. They could easily just escape them. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it's a mansion. What would you expect? Um, and I think it's, like, it's in, like, such a secluded part of uh, Mantle's... Sorry, of uh, Atlas as well. But I do like the tinges of, and we got this in Volume Seven as well, uh, between Whitley and Weiss, the antagonistic relationship with yes. how just how Whitley opened the door. He's like, "Oh, you've picked a fine time to," and then Weiss just shuts him right up. Like this is torment being thrown back on Whitley, considering his torments actually even earlier um in the haven uh arcs where whitley's like oh i'm the new heir of the uh shnee name and the company and just like try to degrade weiss there's little differences yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, my I still love the part. We really don't have anything to say, do we? No, I just I still I was still always point to the part where Weiss is just happy, like at this point, just to point her weapon at her brother and just be like, "Let us the fuck in." Slice your throat! I know how to use this thing. That would not be a slice. That would be a shank. That would be a very long (laughs) shank. True. Probably, probably with ice or fire as well. And uh, and also just to point out, very last bit, as usual, uh, Willow's still drunk in her room. <laughs> oh, yeah, she right. not? Whitley does mention that. Whitley does mention it. He's like, oh, Mother's locked herself in a room. Again? <laughs> yeah. Again? <laughs> Is there anything, uh, uh, anything else? Uh, <laughs> if not, then Bionic, uh, let's move on to one of your points, that if you want to bring Well, up. most points have already been damn stead for motherfuckers. Uh, just going to do some quick points on all of them. Uh, first scene, uh, I like Crow's statement, uh, making a deal with the darkness. I just thought that was fun. And also, mo- given more context, why he made the stupidest decision of his life. <laughs> Maybe except trust in Ozpin. Maybe. Mm. He even said that himself. Uh, besides that, uh, also seen uh, Robin's mohawk, mohawk joke was funny. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Gordon Harriet fucking oh, Mohawk. I oh, love it. <laughs> so good. Her nicknames are incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked watching the chasing we mentioned. Really good. I just like watching how the hound moves and also well. I'm a big fan of Sentinels, the boys. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I agree with Bobak's statement about the uh, Ren scene. I'm just going to move on. Um, no one has mentioned this one yet. Um, Oscar and Salem scene yet. No one's mentioned that yet. Yeah, I, I was waiting for I was thinking you were going to bring that one. So, well. um, it was very cold, and I liked how Oscar was trying to act like Osborne. And then magic. Oh, God, that looked amazing. Magic, what? That magic beam. It looks so nice, but God, that seems painful. And then Hazel. Oh, yeah. Beat the child. Beat the child. Beat the child. Where the running the child. It is so fun. Uh, um, again, I'll get back. Cinder being still the worst character and the hound putting her in a fucking place. Like, I just no. want to say, I just want to say, I have I have this dot point written out. This was from January 23rd, mind you. And I don't know why, and I don't know when I put it, like, I, how, like, drunk I was when I typed this up, but, uh, uh, it says, Mommy Salami is a good Papo Mama taking Papo for a walk before getting Papo angry at Cinder for stepping out of line like a bad bee. <laughs> Mama Salami. Yeah, Mommy Salami. Fucking <laughs> what? I just gotta come in and say yeah, what the absolute flying fuck ball pack. What the absolute fuck? <laughs> everyone, everyone, uh, main host who isn't well, here today, Velvet. Everyone, yeah, clap. so Velvet, who was just gonna be recording, is uh, saying his little piece about what ball pack just said. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually eating a toasted salami sandwich when ball pack said that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's get back to this. Um, yeah, Cinder be the worst. That scene was good. Um, and the final yeah. scene with her and her and Neil, and also just Umbrella. Neil with the Umbrella was all great. Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> um, that's kind of much. That's I don't know much. It was a nice scene. It's kind mm. of. Um, I was gonna. I was actually gonna like. Wait, uh, just. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me think. Um, last thing. The last scene of the episode with the ice cracking. That was cool, uh, and on it. but that's kind of thing. Overall, that's kind of it. Are we going to be saying? Does anyone else have some just extra points before we? Um, uh, yes, I have another drunk. I have another drunk one here. Oh yes, oh, no. Cindy be bad. Me still surprised how managed to live eight volumes while Roman couldn't survive three. Oh. <laughs> To be fair, we've we've wondered that ever since volume four. Now we won, agreed, but also more volume five. She should have died. That was death. <laughs> Bullshit. Um, yeah, I mean, considering Salem said, "Don't go after the winter maiden," and she's like, "I'm gonna go after it." Like a dumbass. I, I'm, I think pretty, thing I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard her say that she wants me to go after the winter maiden. Yeah, I mean, it's selective hearing. <laughs> yeah. I do think, um, Salem is I do think they do, after realizing all. Yeah, I do think the biggest thing that came out of this, over, like right at the end of this scene, was uh, when Emerald turned around and was like, "I'll go instead of Neo," you know, because Neo is being Neo and being awesome and just being passive aggressive to Cinder. But it was when Emerald said, "I've been working on my semblance." I think that's what really intrigued, not just and me, but I think a lot of people. The benefit, we did actually get payoff for it, and wasn't just a random yeah. line. But that was also, this was also, yeah, chapter four of a 10, uh, 14 chapters. Old. Yeah, if we yeah so with that, a, yeah, yeah, but I do like how it, it, it put that intrigue in all of our heads. I was just like, oh, what's the, uh, like, what she been working on? What is it upgraded to? That kind of thing. Okay, so 
Uh, I think we should just finish up our opinions. Thank you. So, I do have one more thing to bring up. Oh, no. And I know, I know nobody has probably wanted to bring it up yet, mm. but I may as well. The very final line of Yang. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. How's that written I was, down? And I forgot. I was, no. I was wondering why. I was wondering why I fucking had this drunk text so, that I was trying to decipher. So, for context for people, first we have a little moment between Jean and Ren, where Jean is telling Ren, "Yeah, he did cheat the beacon, but he's still been working very hard and is still doing his job as a huntsman, which is great. You know, that's what that's who Jean is, and that's what Jean's doing. Jean is very great in this episode." John Obviously, was, Ren. John was overall great in this volume. So let's be honest. Yeah. Obviously, Ren not wanting to say anything else that would harm the friendship between him and John and everyone else, uh, and Yang. Uh, he walks outside to get fresh air and you know freeze to death. <laughs> it literally looks like he's yeah, not yeah. that. So, so before then, um, the hoverbike that that uh, Yang, John, and Ren got, um, the only last surviving bike had leakage, so they had to get a replacement part, which they did. And so Yang then uh, says, do you think, uh, so she says the line, do you think she would be, was it like disappointed or angry at me or something like that? No one can, does not matter. Yeah, but she, uh, she says on the lines of, um, do you think she'd be disappointed or angry at me uh, for choosing this decision, you know, to help our mantle, I mean, sorry, to help out um, stuff within Atlas rather than stick it, uh, staying in um, mantle or whatever. Uh, um, you know. Uh, if I may, Pink, Yang's yeah, line is, do you think she thinks less of me for not helping out with Amity? There you go, for not helping out with Amity, because yeah, obviously they had to get the message out. Yeah, because that was the whole problem with the conflict and why they have two teams. Yeah. One to help out, help evacuate Mantle, the other to work on Amity to get that message out. Yeah, and then um, Jean says, don't worry, Ruby's your sister, uh, she'd forgive you no matter what. And then Yang says, right, Ruby, in a very sort of like, oh, she's talking about someone else. I wonder who, shippers. <laughs> I, I will say this will probably have to be put into a. I will say it later on, but uh, when the uh, when the uh, podcast is ended, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> I have another yes, drunk. Um, it definitely, it definitely seems like Yang is thinking that Blake is going to be thinking less of her as, you know, we've had that build-up of Bumblebee like, since it was shoved down our throats back in Volume 5, and then, you know, lightened up in Volume 6 and 7, thanks to, you know, better writing. Um, but it definitely seemed like there was going to be that conflict within Yang of, like, oh, Blake not, might not like me anymore, because meh. Because I know that was a moment that probably i don't want to say annoyed people but i know people were like shippers would be going crazy about but i know certain people would just be like oh no <laughs> i'm looking at you bionic Fuck shit, and shit. <laughs> garbage but um yeah uh, there's a go... text i just popped up there <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go with that? Do you want to? <laughs> uh, do you want to read it out loud? Do you do you want who do you want who do you wants to read, read it out loud? Do you want me to read it? Yeah. Go ahead. Do, it, do one last one before we get our opinion done. Velvet, am I allowed to say that? I don't know if I am. 
That's a good question, actually. So you're asking the boss. You're asking the boss if you're allowed to say what you've got on your dock when you were drunk, Borvac. I'm going to say, why not? Fuck it. You only live once. Ha! Alrighty, fuck it. I said, uh, when I was in my drunken thing, the entire text is Blondie being wasted by not worrying about her sister, but about the pussy she ain't getting at the moment. <laughs> And that could be in five different ways, in many different ways. God, this is great. Five? Oh, this is How many fucking one today? This is such a chaotic <laughs> Oh, trust me, in many different ways. Um, but yeah, um, so just go over my overall. Uh, so we'll go each overall um, of the episode. Um, I liked it. It was definitely a big, like, obviously the chase scene was the biggest highlight. The whole uh, Ren yelling at um, Jean with the whole cheat, uh, cheating his way into Beacon. Obviously... Obviously, the big thing about the episode was those three. Um, but seeing uh, Oscar, you know, meeting Salem face to face for the first time was really cool. Uh, the little oh, yeah. cloud thing where it brought up um, the children of both um, Ospin and um, and Salem. So seeing the four children was like in the uh, cloud yeah. was really nice. Very, um, very small thing. Very... Yep, yeah, very small, but really, really nice. Just to show like. She still has that sort of small part of Osma that she still remembers with the whole children thing. Uh, the ma- the magic stuff was really good. Obviously, Cinder still being Cinder, but the whole Emerald thing was nice, and intriguing, and went and Neo just being passive aggressive as usual, just absolutely fantastic. And then just the whole Schnee manner thing was just, I think, is like to get away from that what happened in the chase for at least like to catch our breath kind of thing. And I think that was a nice little break, but still showed us like what was going on on the other side so overall i think it was a really good episode uh boy what about you uh yeah i liked pretty much everything within this episode uh, i liked how ren essentially was saying what the audience has been saying all along um i like the scenes with uh with the prison I, I really wanted harriet to come out of that prison cell and uh, I wanted Robin to come out of that prison cell and just punch Harriet right in the mouth. Um, Schnee Manor is Schnee Manor. Uh, conflicts everywhere. Nobody can ever get along, it seems. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this, this, yeah, episode, this episode definitely... Mommy Salami. Mommy Salami. Mommy Salami. Uh, just oh, to... Um, I would say just to... Um, like just to bring up as well, I do think as well. Like, um, it was nice to see like this is really escalating the whole like people are really getting each other's faces because of the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanto, what about you? Um, overall, I think this was fairly good. You know, we had one major action scene that had to get split in two because it was so long. Um, but you know, in general. You know, there was a lot of stuff to balance out the episode and just give us views on what's going on here, what's going on there, and just driving the plot forward. Um, I do like all the interactions. They all, you know, seem fluid and everything, considering everything that's going on as fluid as they can, as fluid as they can be. Uh, getting tongue-tied. Um, but yeah, it, that's about all I have. And last but not least, Bionic. Yeah, it was a, it was a good episode. Um, 
probably in the in the wide scheme of volume eight, not the best episode, but it was a good one. Hound hound scene, of course, was good. Ask beat the child scene was good. It's called that. Fuck everyone's opinion. It's called the beat the child scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's the other name. Um, Yang and Cinder could have been. Yang could have been better. Cinder could have uh, is never better. Eh, yeah, fine episode. Don't really have much to say. Cinder could not be here. Cinder, uh, if they remove Cinder, it would be so much a better episode. I probably would. Every episode would spike in like, uh, being amazing if Cinder was just not in it. That that's just <laughs> that's just my opinion. We all know. This. <laughs> But yeah, uh, that's pretty much been the uh, review podcast. Uh, sorry, this one's a little bit short. We only have four people, but this uh, episode, I think we went through a lot of our points pretty quickly anyway, but hope you still had fun enjoying us. I have been Pink Rose. Uh, this, uh, that has been Borvac. Hello. That has been Vanter. Hello. That has been Bionic. Yes, everyone's saying hello, even though we're supposed to be saying yep. goodbye. God damn it, yeah, you fools. Goodbye. You fools. <laughs> yeah, fly, you fools. Um, and also, thank you uh, for recording this, but that is uh, everything from all of us, uh, from me, Pink Rose, and hopefully we should see you next time for episode five. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>